All right, we are continuing our study of 2 Timothy here on the Listener's Commentary, and in this recording, we're going to be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. And in context, Paul has really over and over again been calling Timothy to be strong and to be faithful and even to suffer hardship if necessary in his service to Jesus. And in the immediately preceding paragraph, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9, Paul described in broad strokes the, the, really the nature of the ungodly culture around Timothy, and it's really going to continue throughout the last days, that is, that whole time period between Jesus' first and second coming. He's described in broad strokes that ungodly culture, which makes faithfulness to Jesus in life and in ministry very, very difficult. So, in view of that, in view of sinful people, and in view of fallen culture, and in view of false teaching and false teachers who oppose the truth, all of the stuff Paul talked about in verses 1 through 9, the question Paul now sets out to answer in 10 and following is this, in view of all of that, what must Timothy do? And in short, the point Paul makes is that Timothy must continue in the things that he has been taught and in the things that he has been discipled. And so Paul begins in verse 10 saying this, now you followed, and he's going to go on and describe who and what Timothy followed, but we need to note this word followed. You followed, this particular word is a compound word that means more than just to follow kind of loosely, it means to follow closely. Uh, almost in the sense of a company. Like you can picture two people walking side by side as they're going somewhere together. That's the idea of this particular word. In fact, in some circles, this particular word had kind of a very specific meaning to refer to the close relationship between a disciple and a master through which the disciple learned the master's ways. Well, that's the nature of the relationship that Timothy has had with Paul. Paul has been like the master, and Timothy has been like the disciple or the apprentice, and he's been learning the way of Jesus by accompanying Paul. In fact, twice Paul will apply the verb for being discipled to Timothy in verse 14 down below. So that's the, the thing we're talking about here. Timothy has literally accompanied Paul and has learned the way of Jesus from him. Then what Paul does in the rest of verse 10 and following is he lists off some of the things that were part of their experiences together. You could almost call them things that were like part of the curriculum or the training program, which Timothy learned from Paul and which Timothy imitated and followed. And so Paul says, you followed my teaching. That is the actual content of the truth that Paul taught. You followed my conduct. This word refers to the whole manner of life. Not just specific behavior, not just moral behavior, not just religious behavior, but the whole manner of life, the way it's organized. You followed my conduct, my purpose. Uh, that is his focus, his resolve in following Jesus steadfastly, right? Serving Jesus faithfully. You followed that. Uh, he says, you followed my faith, loyal trust to Jesus, my patience. That is putting up with difficult or trying people. You followed that. Uh, you followed my love, love for God, love for people. You followed my perseverance. This has to do with endurance and stamina, dealing with difficult circumstances. And that's really the key difference between this word translated perseverance and the word translated patience. Patience usually, not exclusively, but usually deals with uh, difficult people. Perseverance usually deals with difficult circumstances. And so you follow that. Uh, you followed my persecutions and my suffering. 
sufferings, uh, the, the things that Paul himself specifically endured. And then he even mentions off, such as those that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. Uh, this is actually the area that Timothy is originally from, Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. Lystra appears to be Timothy's hometown. And what Paul is referring to here by these three cities is uh, the things that happened to Paul on his first missionary journey. You can read about them in Acts chapters 13 and 14. Paul experienced some opposition at Antioch. He was nearly stoned in Iconium. And then in Lystra, he actually was stoned, left for dead, and somehow probably by some sort of miracle of healing or something, he got up, went back into the city, next day left for another town. These are the events that Paul is recalling here by just mentioning these places. And he says, Timothy was familiar with all of that. Um, And then he goes on and says, what persecutions I endured and out of them all the Lord rescued me. Notice this, that the Lord didn't rescue him from experiencing the persecutions. What Paul means here is that the Lord rescued him from death as a result of them. So he had to go through them, but he didn't die as a result of them. In fact, Paul says in verse 12, Indeed, all who want to live a godly life or godly way in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. In fact, interestingly enough, that's the very message that Paul passed on to those churches that he just mentioned on the first journey. Acts chapter 14, verse 22 uh, tells us that Paul went back to each of those churches on the kind of the return trip back through them until he sailed back home, saying, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And this isn't a peripheral teaching of the New Testament. It is really central. It is fundamental. It's just kind of like part of what it means to follow Jesus. We're swimming upstream. We're going against the flow. And therefore, we're going to be misunderstood. We're going to be mislabeled. We're going to be mistreated uh, in various degrees and in various ways. And so everybody who wants to live a godly kind of life in Christ Jesus is going to experience some sort of opposition, difficulty, hardship, or persecution. That's Paul's point. Persecution isn't unusual or optional. It's just kind of part and parcel of following Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed are you when people persecute you and insult you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Like rejoice and be glad, he says, because great is your reward in heaven. And so persecution is part and parcel of the Christian life. Timothy's experiencing it. He saw Paul experiencing it. And so he reminds Timothy and us here that that's just part of life. He goes on in verse 13 and says, but evil people and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. This really, in a lot of ways, just recalls the previous paragraph in one verses one through nine, where Paul described the fallen culture, and then he describes specifically some of the, the situation that Timothy's in dealing with in the church in Ephesus with the false teachers and what they're like. That's just going to be part of it. Evil people and imposters, they're going to come. They're going to go from bad to worse. They're going to keep on deceiving. They're going to keep on being deceived. It's part of the world in which we find ourselves at this point in time. And then he turns specifically to Timothy and says, but you, you, however, you rather, you, however, continue in the things you have learned. And that word continue is really, it's minnow in Greek. It means to remain, to abide, like to plant yourself and be rooted in those things. You abide in the things you have learned and have been convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. 
And when he says, continue the things you have learned and knowing from whom you have learned them, that word learned is actually the verb form of the word disciple. And so it's not merely learning information. It's actually learning all the things about Paul's manner of life and what it looks like to follow Jesus and what it looks like to stay faithful by accompanying Paul, by being with Paul and observing Paul and watching Paul and learning his manner of life. And so it's not just learning information, it's learning a way of life. And Paul says, continue in those things. You've learned them. And knowing from whom you have learned them. A really important little technical note is that word whom here is plural in Greek. So it doesn't just refer to Paul only. It refers to Paul plus maybe other people that taught him. Probably Paul is thinking of his mother and his grandmother. He mentioned them in chapter one and Paul's immediately in the next verse going to go on to Timothy's upbringing. And so he probably likely has them in mind, at least as some of those from whom Uh, Timothy has learned this faithful way of life. So Timothy should remain in how he's been taught and how he's been shaped because he knows the people he learned that way of life from. He knows that they're trustworthy models for him. And that includes the fact that Timothy's been taught the scriptures from infancy. Look at verse 15. And that from childhood, literally that word childhood is infancy. So from infancy, You have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. And notice that that pattern, that the sacred writings, that is the Hebrew scriptures, what we call the Old Testament. They're able to give you the wisdom, specifically the wisdom that leads to salvation, salvation through faith in Jesus. Um, And so uh, the sacred writings give wisdom that leads to faith in Jesus, and that brings salvation. And Timothy grew up with a Jewish mother and a Jewish grandmother, as Paul noted in chapter 1. And the Hebrew scriptures themselves call parents to pass on the teaching of those scriptures to their children. Deuteronomy 6, for example, is a key place where it does that. Listen to these words from Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and following. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words which I'm commanding you, this is Moses speaking to the people of Israel, these words which I'm commanding you shall be on your heart and you shall repeat them diligently to your children and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the road and when you lie down and when you get up. You shall tie them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. This is a call to faithfully pass on the wisdom and the teaching of the scriptures as a part of everyday life. And Timothy's mother and grandmother apparently took this call to action to heart. And so Timothy learned the scriptures from a very, very early age. Even though he grew up in a mixed home where his dad was a Gentile and his mom was a Jew, uh, Paul says, you learned these things from infancy. Well, this mention of the scriptures and Timothy learning the scriptures, what well, leads Paul then to drop a key reflection on the value and the power of the scriptures in general. So look at verse 16, well-known verse. It says this, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness. Now there's some variety in the translation. Some say all scripture, some say every scripture, and there's really no substantial, substantial difference between the two. As long as, this is really important, we don't make the mistake of saying every inspired scripture. 
as if some is inspired and some isn't. Paul's point actually lies in the very opposite direction, namely that all, all of scripture, the whole thing, or every single scripture is inspired. That's Paul's point, that this thing that we refer to as the scriptures, the the, the sacred writings that Timothy learned growing up, the uh, writings that we now have in our Bible, all of Scripture or every single Scripture is inspired by God. And so Paul's point is to emphasize the divine origin of it and thus its power for transformation, for teaching and training and all of that. So Paul says all Scripture or every Scripture is inspired. Literally, God breathed, like he is the ultimate source of it, breathing this out, uh, breathing it out in and through people. And so it emphasizes the divine origin of scripture. Uh, the apostle Peter puts it like this in 2 Peter chapter 1. He says, uh, 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, but know this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture becomes a matter of someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever made, catch this, by an act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And that's the point Paul is making too. That the the scriptures are, uh, they have their source, their origin in God himself. And that's why they're powerful. And so scripture is beneficial. It's profitable, Paul says. Um, And it's profitable for teaching. That is to give sound instruction, to teach the truth. It's profitable for rebuke. That word means calling out error. It's profitable for correction. This is the only place this particular word is used in the New Testament. And it's really the companion word to rebuking. Correction or rebuking calls out error. Correction shows people the right way to go, helps them find the right path and to walk on it. And it's profitable for training in righteousness. That is, as you teach and rebuke and correct, all of that culminates in fostering and cultivating right virtues, right habits, right character, training in righteousness. And scripture is useful and profitable for all of this so that with a specific goal or purpose in mind, look at verse 17, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. The focus in the original context is on Timothy and Paul's calling Timothy to be faithful to what he's learned and what he's seen. And so the focus here is on Timothy as God's servant. And sometimes in the Old Testament, this phrase, man of God, was used specifically in that sense for somebody who was specifically called out as a servant, a prophet, or some other sort of servant of God. And that's really the focus here on uh, Timothy. But to broaden that out includes any of us who are men or women of God. And the the point Paul is making is that if Timothy and if we stick with the scriptures and stay faithful to them, then we'll be equipped for every good work. That is, uh, he will be fully capable, Paul says. That the idea there is of complete, having everything he needs. He'll have everything he needs and be completely fitted out, prepared to do the work that God's called him to do. So the scriptures are powerful not only for personal transformation, they're also powerful for for Christian service, for ministry and serving others. They're what we need. So to be rooted in the scriptures, to be planted in the scriptures, to marinate in the scriptures, to meditate on the scriptures, to absorb the scriptures, that's the fundamental thing we need both to please God and to serve God. Scriptures are not merely good to learn for our own benefit, 
Timothy had learned them from infancy, and that was great, but the scriptures are also valuable and powerful to pass on to other people via every good work. And so let's, as we wrap up this section, just two quick thoughts. The first is the power of the scriptures. Uh, the, the scriptures, uh, we must not take them for granted. We must not like uh, think that they're just some ancient words or some old book. That Paul's point here is the, the centrality of the scriptures because of the great power of the scriptures. And he's calling Timothy to be faithful to them, to remain rooted in them. He's reminding Timothy how he learned them from infancy and how they have the power not only to change his life, but to change other people's lives. And they give him everything he needs to faithfully serve God. And so the power of the scriptures and how central they must be to our life. And then the other piece of that that we see here in this paragraph is also the need for concrete models, concrete examples. Paul was a concrete example of faithful service and faithful living and faithful conduct to Jesus. And he provided that concrete example. And we need that. And other people need that from us. And so discipleship happens as people accompany us in our attempts to faithfully follow and serve Jesus. That's It always happens through a relational environment. And so Timothy had been discipled in the way of Jesus from the Apostle Paul. And Paul's life provided that concrete pattern, that concrete model of faithfulness to Jesus. And we need to be willing to provide concrete examples for other people so that they can see what it looks like to be a faithful husband, a faithful wife, a faithful father or mother, what it looks like to be a faithful neighbor, what it looks like to be faithful in the face of opposition. How can we be faithful with our finances? People need concrete examples of that. And so we should constantly try to find ways of providing those concrete models for people and being concrete models for people as we seek to help people learn the way of Jesus. All right, thanks for tuning in to this session of the Listener's Commentary on 2 Timothy. The Listener's Commentary is a listener-supported, crowdfunded Bible teaching ministry that's only possible because of people's generous and faithful support. So thanks a ton to those of you who make this ministry possible by your generosity. And if you have been impacted by this ministry, would you prayerfully consider joining the team of uh, supporters? The needs uh, of this ministry have continued to grow and increase as uh, it has enlarged. There's things that are kind of falling through the cracks because I just can't keep up with it all. Really have a great need for some administrative help. Uh, just don't have the funds to pay somebody to do all of that. And so if you've been impacted by this ministry, would you help its impact continue to grow and increase and expand uh, by joining the team of supporters? Thanks a ton in advance for your support.